Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan, and today I'm here with Mandy, Chelsea, and Eric Scott. Um, so Eric, we're like thrilled to have you here with us today. Uh, would you mind just telling us a little bit about what you do here at Worship Center? Yeah, it's great to be here with you guys today. I love you all. You're a lot of fun Aww. to be with. <laughs> I uh, at, at Worship Center, I'm the Karen Discipleship Pastor, and I uh, just love um, spending time with people, helping people through the hard spots and through the really good spots too. That's awesome. So we're thrilled to have Eric with us today. Uh, today we are in Second Kings. Uh, basically looking a lot at Elisha. We hear a little bit about Elijah, and then we get into some of these pretty cool things that Elisha is doing. Um, so as we read through this, what was sticking out to you guys, or what did you notice? Um, well, first of all, I feel like we need to give a shout out to Don and Chris, who hosted the podcast without us. <laughs> like, Go Don and Chris. They did a great yes, job. Yes, they did a great job. <laughs> I was listening to it on the way back from vacation yesterday, and I was like, very happy. Yeah. <laughs> such a good job. <laughs> But as far as what stuck out to me in the Bible, <laughs> um, I just kind of noticed that Elisha really uh, was helping out the women in these stories. I don't know. I kind of like that a lot. I actually, I like to look up for mentions of women, especially women who have faith and um, especially in the Old Testament too. There's like a ton of women mentioned, but um, these women had faith and they um, believed in the God of Elisha and Elijah and it worked out for them for sure. <laughs> I loved seeing the tenacity Elisha had to go after Elijah. Um, you know, in mentoring situations, I remember taking a mentoring course in, in Bible school, and, and one of those, uh, one of the points made in that course was the the, uh, the value of just hungering for uh, for mentoring relationships and and actually going after the person that um, that's actually that's mentoring you, right? And, uh, and, and I've just seen some great, uh, great experiences where people have grown in the Lord because they've just had that tenacity to go after the person who's mentoring them. Yeah, you definitely see that with Elijah. He has like a real desire. He's like, I'm going to stick here with you. I'm not going anywhere. Um, so that tenacity is pretty cool. Do you think that Elijah was testing him a little bit? Because he kept saying like, I, I stay here. I need to go to this place. Stay here. I need to go to this place. And Elijah kept saying no. Or do you think it was like actually Elijah being like, just stay away from me? <laughs> <laughs> I think Elisha didn't know about boundaries. <laughs> just kidding. It was funny when I was first reading over it, I was like, Elisha definitely does not want this guy around him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, because he stuck with him, he got this double portion of, I mean, what would you call that? I mean, power from God, I guess, um, that, Eli- that Elijah had. So it is interesting. I mean, like you said, the tenacity there of just going after Elijah and because of that, going after God. I think it was. Uh, you asked the question, was it a test? I feel like it might have been. Hmm. You like know, how just much like, are you yeah, willing to follow yeah, me? How much do you want to go after yeah. this? Yeah. It's hmm. interesting. Um, so Elijah's bald. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun fact when I was a little kid, my grandpa. <laughs> Be like, if you make fun of me for being bald, a grizzly bear is going to come out and eat you. And turns out he was actually just quoting the Bible. <laughs> I thought it was very mean. <laughs> I mean, it's a little scary. <laughs> Did you tell him there's other scriptures he could have quoted to you uh, that would have been more life giving? I, I think it was still <laughs> any other scripture. <laughs> 
No. I mean, to be fair, I think I was quoting the baldy, baldy part quite a bit. Oh. So, you know, there's... Ryan, you reap what you sow, man. <laughs> okay, let's talk about, like, first of all, I think when people talk about Elijah and Elisha, they always hesitate. It's like when I try to say conscience and conscious. Yeah, that's a thing. Never mm-hmm. sure which one it is. Yeah. So when people talk about Elijah and Elisha, they're like, Elisha. I might have done that a few times when I was reading. (laughs) (laughs) So I think naming the difference between the two, right? So Elijah came first, but he was basically raising up Elisha. Do we know why their names have to be so similar? Is there any anything in here that tells us why? Other than this is the book that deals with just similar names. Okay. There's so many instances. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of Jeroboam and Rehoboam just a couple days ago. It's like, oh my gosh, this is not helpful. That they're almost the same. Okay. Well. Okay. Fine. So his name's <laughs> Elisha, but he then he then like asks if he can have a double blessing of like everything that Elijah did, all the miracles. So back in First Kings. Elijah has this moment where he goes into a widow's house. She only has a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour left. And he's like, hey, could you make me some food? And she's like, nah, I don't have enough. And he's like, no, make it anyway. And she's like, okay. So she's like, but my, me and my son are going to die. And he's like, that's okay. Just go ahead and make it. So she makes it. And turns out she has enough. Then it turns out her son dies. Not related to the oil and flour incident, I do believe. <laughs> but Elijah then like prays for him, stretches his body out over him three times, and the boy comes back to life. Then we see this in 2 Kings where Elisha interacts with this woman, again, with the oil, the jars of oil. Her sons keep bringing her jars. They keep filling, 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 filling. And there's more than enough. Another story, there's a woman whose child dies. She was promised this child. And she said, please do not deceive me. Don't mess with my heart. Quit playing games with my heart. That's a Backstreet. No, and in sync, Backstreet Boys. It's hard to know. <laughs> but either way, a boy band sang about it. Quit playing games with my heart. And she basically said that, like, don't do that. Well, she gets a child, which is awesome, but then the child dies. And so she's just like, hey, you better come to my house, Elisha, and and make this right. And so um, so anyway, he does come back to life then after Elisha stretches out his body over this child. And, and does, he sneezes seven times. And then the boy sneezes seven <laughs> times. And that's that. <laughs> Listen, some things get weird. So... Um, I just find that, you know, those similar, there's other similarities too. We were talking about some miracles that are similar to the miracles of Jesus. Does anyone want to talk about a miracle? Eric, you have a lot of notes about miracles, I think. Do you want to say something? <laughs> well, I just, I, I love these miracles. I love what Elisha's doing as he walks it through it, because he's given some examples of the power of God, right? But I do remember uh, a guy, this years ago, he was preaching this message about uh, how you know, sometimes we have just literally got to lay our lives over somebody in a sense, mm. praying for them, believing for their resurrection. It might be towards them being saved. It might be towards them being healed. Uh, obviously not literally laying on the body as, <laughs> as Elisha did in this situation, but, but just that commitment to be like, I am going face to face with you believe in God for him to do something amazing in your life, mm-hmm. right? And it's interesting to me, too, that Gehazi, he, it wasn't going to happen through Gehazi, you know? Let's it, remind all of us who Gehazi is again. Mm-hmm. Elisha's Which, servant. Elisha's yeah, servant. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't going to happen through him. I mean, he sent him ahead. But then all of a sudden, you know, Elisha had to be in this moment where, like, no, actually, like, the key person in this, uh, in this scene is going to be me. And I need to I need to lay my life down, and I think that's a thought for leaders out there. Because sometimes I think I hope I'm not going too deep here, but I think sometimes leaders can sort of separate themselves, you know, as they get higher in ministry, to where they're not actually laying their lives down on a person to hmm. see a resurrection occur. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Good. So yeah. just a 
thought on that. No, I think it never goes too deep. We are always open to childhood wounds. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Anyway, but I do think what you're saying, right? So, so, um, it made me think of the posture of the woman. I think when Gahazi came and said like, Hey, do you have any problems? Is everything fine? And she's like, yep, ship shape. Everything's great. Mm. And then she sees Elisha and falls at his feet. She knows. (laughs) And he says, Gahazi's like, Hey, trying to get her to go away. Like, no, you you said everything was ship shape. And Elisha's like, wait a second. She's troubled. I don't know what's up, but she's troubled. Mm -hmm. And, um, this is the lady who lost her son. And, and so I love that she like, in the presence of somebody who was able to meet her need, she could not hide it. And he also wasn't oblivious to it. So like she had the posture enough of like enough humility to actually say, cause she started to say, no, I'm fine. And then she wasn't fine. Mm-hmm. And I think for uh, like, talk about life lessons, like showing up at the feet of Jesus when we're not fine and being honest, like I'm actually not fine. And the care that Elisha had for her, like, no, no, she's troubled. Let's figure this out. How much more care does God have for us when we show up troubled? Um, that He wants to move on our behalf. He wants to come through for us, and um, it's a matter of of being honest. Yeah, I think about the faith that this woman had too. Again, and kind of like what we talked about before, she wasn't going anywhere without Elisha. And I think about the people in the Bible that came to Jesus that weren't going anywhere without Him, mm-hmm. or they were like, "I have enough faith to know that you speak it; it's going to happen." And for her, it was like, "No, I'm not going anywhere without you because you are mm-hmm. the." you're the answer to this problem. Mm-hmm. Like Elisha is this man of God. Gehazi's not ever described as a man of God as far as we've read so far. But um, like she knew, she just knew that this, this guy was going to help. Yeah. Ryan brought that up actually. So we we're talking before where Peter said, you know, where are we going to go? You're the one with the words of life for us. We're sticking with you. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty neat observation as well. I, I think this whole passage is just like full of miracles. It's like jam packed full of these miracles. It's like a, it's like a quick dose of a lot of stuff. Right. Um, and what, what is intriguing to me is a lot of times, like we, we split the Bible often. Like, I mean, even me reading is like, man, I can't wait to get to the gospels and talk about some Jesus stuff. Um, but when we do that, we actually miss how rich these stories are because Jesus was actually doing a lot of the things that Elisha did in this short little passage. And when we divorce the old Testament from the new Testament, we look at the the people in the new Testament and we say, why in the world would they think he's Elijah? He's clearly God. I'm like, well, he's actually doing a lot of stuff. Elijah did. It actually mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense that they would be confused. Mm-hmm. Um, so in reality, we're the ones that are confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just, it's really cool to me to see because it's, it's God at work, right? Like God is at work from the beginning to the end. It's him that's pulling all the strings and, and having this play out. So to me, it's very cool that God is choosing to reveal himself through Elisha in the same way that he reveals himself through himself by Jesus doing all these things mm-hmm. that are very, very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, how many of you have thought that the first person to be raised from the dead was Lazarus? Elijah did that. Elisha did that. How many of you thought, you know, Jesus was the first person to feed 5,000? Actually, stop. Elisha did that. And the story plays out exactly the same. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, I'm going to feed you and there's going to be enough left over. Uh, And so what's cool to me is that the disciples, they didn't, they weren't, they didn't grow up listening to stories about Jesus. They grew up listening to stories about Elisha. Mm -hmm. So imagine being a disciple, like, oh, you know, that old dusty story about Elisha feeding all those people. And then Jesus is like, yeah, get me some bread. It's like, whoa, what? That'd be like us walking out. 
I don't know, over here to the Conestoga, and like <laughs> Eric sticks his coat in the Conestoga, and this water flies up in the sky, and we just walk across. Be like, oh, I've heard about this before. Let's try it. Like it's, it's actually it's like mind blowing. Actually, like it's yeah. it's very crazy. Or like you know, we forget the communion supplies on a Sunday morning, and Matt's like, that's fine. Bring me some bread. We feel like what? Mm-hmm. And some grape juice. <laughs> we can discuss that on another day. Um, there's, there's just a lot in here. It's very good. I definitely encourage you. Uh, don't just listen to us talk. We're just a bunch of dummies. Actually read the Bible. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm a dummy. The rest of the people yeah, I was going to say that's smart. hurtful. Um, some of us are smart. <laughs> well, I think what's really cool about this podcast is that we start off saying, yeah, we're going to read the Bible chronologically. It's God's whole story from beginning to end. But as we're actually reading it chronologically and seeing all these different things mm-hmm. that happen in old and new Testament, we're like, Oh my gosh, like yeah. it's actually God's story from beginning to yeah. end. And like getting in those nitty gritty details that, I hadn't noticed before until until now. Yeah. And and are we like halfway? Like it's June fourteenth. I mean is... I mean, if I'm looking at my Bible and holding it up, okay. It well, looks halfway. Yeah. <laughs> that is our official assessment. The problem is if you look at the percentage on Kindle, it says like thirty eight percent. So I'm not sure what's hidden in the back. Oh snap. Yeah. <laughs> oh probably just like an appendix. Yeah, hopefully it's really big. We're almost we're almost halfway. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Hold on yeah. for the gospels because it's not happening for a while. <laughs> and when we get there, just think about all the things that Jesus did that are just like all the things that God did <laughs> exactly. in the Old Testament. Love it. Nothing's new under the sun. Ecclesiastes. The whole book of Ecclesiastes. I'm quoting the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you're enjoying um, God's whole story and learning just exactly what God has planned for both the people then and what he has planned for you right now. Um, and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. 2 Kings 2, beginning in verse 1. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, Did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, Did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. And Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The river divided, and the two of them went across on dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha replied, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I am taken from you, then you will get your requests. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel. And they disappeared from sight. Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided and Elisha went across. When the group of prophets from Jericho saw from a distance what happened, they exclaimed, Elijah's spirit rests upon Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. 
Sir, they said, just say the word, and fifty of our strongest men will search the wilderness for your master. Perhaps the spirit of the Lord has left him on some mountain or in some valley. No, Elisha said, don't send them. But they kept urging him until they shamed him into agreeing. And he finally said, all right, send them. So fifty men searched for three days, but did not find Elijah. Elisha was still at Jericho when they returned. Didn't I tell you not to go, he asked. One day, the leaders of the town of Jericho visited Elisha. We have a problem, my lord, they told him. This town is located in pleasant surroundings, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Elisha said, bring me a new bowl with salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring that supplied the town with water and threw the salt into it. And he said, this is what the Lord says. I have purified this water. It will no longer cause death or infertility. And the water has remained pure ever since, just as Elisha said. Elisha left Jericho and went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, a group of boys from the town began mocking him and making fun of him. Go away, baldy, they chanted. Go away, baldy. Elisha turned around and looked at them, and he cursed them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of them. From there, Elisha went from them to Mount Carmel and finally returned to Samaria. 2 Kings 4, beginning in verse 1. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her and the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. One day Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, when he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him up on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. One day, Elisha returned to Shunem, and he went up to this upper room to rest. He said to his servant, Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied, my family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha said to Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her, she stood in the doorway. Next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried out. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. One day when her child was older, he went out to help his father, who was working with the harvesters. Suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home, and his mother held him on her lap. But around new time, he died. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey, so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today, he asked. It is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. But she said, it will, it will be all right. So she saddled her donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down until I tell you to. 
As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, Look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, Is everything all right with you, your husband, and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, Everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, Don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elisha said to Gehazi, Get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, As surely as the Lord lives, and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elisha and told him the child is still dead. When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth and his eyes on the child's eyes, his hands on the child's hands. And as he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. Elisha got up and walked back and forth across the room once more, then stretched himself out on the child. This time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then Elisha summoned Gehazi. Call the child's mother, he said, and when he, she came in, Elisha said, Here, take your son. She fell at his feet and bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. Elisha now returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. One day, as the group of prophets was seated before him, he said to his servant, Put a large pot on the fire and make some stew for the rest of the group. One of the young men went out into the fields and gathered herbs and came back with a pocket full of wild gourds. He shredded them and put them in the pot without realizing they were poisonous. Some of the stew was served to the men, but after they had eaten a bite or two, they cried out, Man of God, there's poison in this stew, so they would not eat it. Elisha said, Bring me some flour. Then he threw it into the pot and said, Now it's all right. Go ahead and eat. And then it did not harm them. One day, a man from Baal, Shalisha, brought the man of God a sack of grain and 20 loaves of barley bread made from the first grain of his harvest. Elisha said, Give it to the people so they can eat. What? His servant exclaimed, Feed a hundred people with only this? But Elisha repeated, Give it to the people so they can eat, for this is what the Lord says. Everyone will eat, and there will even be some left over. And when they gave it to the people, there was plenty for all and some left over, just as the Lord had promised. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.